Welcome to Rumble Strip. This is Erica Heilman. Some of you may remember a show I made back in 2016. It was called Emergency. It was about the rising number of people with psychiatric crises that are going to emergency rooms looking for help. The nurses I spoke with were overwhelmed then, and I'm sorry to say that not much has changed in the nearly two years since I made that show. ERs all over the state, in fact, all over the country, are overwhelmed by psychiatric patients who they can't properly treat. So after I made that show, I started working on a mental health series for Vermont Public Radio, which is starting air this week. I wanted to understand what the mental health care system looked like, or even just figure out what it is, which is harder than you'd think. For the past year, I've been talking with people who have serious mental illnesses and their families, people who work in psychiatric hospitals and in community mental health, about what's working and what's definitely not working. And though these conversations happened in Vermont, a lot of the stories could have been told anywhere across the country. So over the next couple of weeks, I'll be running this special series for Vermont Public Radio. It's called They Are Us, Inside Vermont's Mental Health Care System. The first show is called Sarah. Welcome. Imagine if suddenly one day there was a brand new disease in Vermont that affected 27,000 people. At first, maybe you ignore it because no one you know has it, or not that you know of. It's not infectious or dangerous or anything. Still, people don't like to talk about it. Then people with severe symptoms of the disease are showing up at the emergency room for help, but emergency rooms can't help them. It takes specialized people and programs to care for them and safe places for them to go after they leave the hospital, but there aren't enough of any of these places. So they get sent home with medication, which holds the symptoms at bay for a while, but often they relapse and go back to the emergency rooms, and the emergency rooms can't keep up with all the patients. If this happened suddenly in a small state like Vermont, what would we do? Would there be a swift and unified response? Right now in the state of Vermont, one in 20 Vermonters are living with a serious mental illness. Could be a major depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. These are not just occasional days of feeling blue. These are more persistent challenges that get in the way of managing everyday life. I'm Erica Heilman, and this is They Are Us, Inside Vermont's Mental Health Care System. Today's story is about one woman's experience with major depression. Sarah Holland had no history of mental illness. She was working full-time, parenting, and then in her early 30s, something changed. In her words, she went blank. Full disclosure, Sarah Holland is now on the board of Washington County Mental Health, where she received services. Here's Sarah Holland. Here I was with a huge problem, health problem, that I didn't have any way of knowing how to deal with it. Everything in society or everything in my neighborhood or my family, my workplace said, no, you can't talk about that. So it turns out that I had repressed uh, um, memories of being molested. When Sarah was six and seven, she was raped by a neighborhood boy near her home in central Vermont. She never told anyone. She kept it a secret. And as the years passed, she kept it a secret from herself. She grew up. She was happily married with three children. Sarah worked full-time as a nurse. They had a small farm. She was busy. Then, around 25 years ago, when Sarah was 33, she started to experience symptoms of depression. 
She didn't have a name for it. No one in her world had ever talked much about mental health. But pretty soon she was having a hard time working and parenting. Uh, somebody told me I had I was depressed. <laughs> but I believed them because I was not able to function. It wasn't postpartum depression, but having my last child was the precipitating factor in recognizing that something was wrong. And uh, for me, it was a very practical person. I taught clinical nursing um, as an RN. I was a relief charge nurse. Uh, we had a family farm with sheep and lambs born in the spring. And, and so I was doing my best at covering up any possible way of feeling this. I was just busy beyond belief. But it was like I could not keep my feet still. I could not, you know, it was just this big scared place um, in my chest that made it difficult to breathe. And the breakdown in the, you know, what everybody talks about, breakdown is a breakdown, you know, and I couldn't do anything. And when I failed, when I failed, my husband Ray, he had to step up. And he did a remarkable job, though it was very hard for him to understand what was I was going through. I mean, I couldn't tell him because I didn't know what I was going through. Sarah's family lived in Moortown, about eight miles from Montpelier, where she was getting services at Washington County Mental Health. By this time, her kids were 5, 8, and 11. She'd gotten in a couple of car accidents related to her medication, and she couldn't drive anymore, so she needed to get rides back and forth. But in her life, and in front of her kids, she was sinking deeper into depression. Sinking into depression. It's a cliché for something that means something different for every person. For Sarah, it meant panic attacks. Sometimes she couldn't get up in the morning or sleep at night. It meant sleeping on a cot in the corner of a room in her house, and building a wall around that cot, and sleeping in a sleeping bag so she could feel contained constructing a place in her home where she could feel safe. She was having insidious thoughts about hurting herself. And then one day, after an appointment in Montpelier, she made the choice not to go home. Uh, I was considering it before I even left that morning, and maybe I had been for a week prior, maybe more. All I knew was that it felt like a huge relief to make that decision not to go home because I was just trying so hard to be the mother, and I couldn't do it. I was in bed all the time or needed to be able to do that. If I took too much medication, it, was, it wasn't a pretty picture. Not to mention just my the possibility of me cutting myself. So I checked into the hotel. I mean, I was in touch with my husband Ray and, and the kids but just saying I can't be a mother I'm afraid of you know what's happening to me I need to be here or at least for my mental health services and, and because I can't take care of the kids properly I need to do this but give me six months Ray because I want to come back, so, so uh, June. But he couldn't, he couldn't wait. 
the first hospitalization was at Central Vermont Hospital. It was terrifying. And I was suicidal. Only I, I couldn't label it too well. I didn't want anybody to come visit me, though, because uh, they wouldn't understand, and I'd have to be the person that I wasn't being able to be on the outside, you know. But once I got there, there was a relief as the doors locked behind me. In the years of recovery that followed, Sarah went to psychiatric hospitals 12 times for short stays when she was afraid she might hurt herself. She was spending weekends with her kids, so she had to develop a way to tell them when it was time for her to go. I would call them up and talk with Ray, my husband, and explain the situation as best I could, just that for some reason I've got to go to the hospital and you're the first to know but I need to talk with the kids. And it became just, uh, okay, this is what we do. And I'd talk with each one. And I'd tell them, okay, well, um, this is what's happening, and I've got to go to the hospital. And I'd just try to make it just matter of fact, like I've got to take my insulin shot, and I'll call you from uh, the hospital when I can, or you can call me. I needed occasional locking up. (laughs) But that only was like two weeks out of the year. And so when my personal toolbox started working again, in other words, I was discharged from inpatient, it was my regular mental health treatment that they were teaching me how to get better. Just like I trust my local health center to treat a ear infection. I have additional needs. Um, I have learned that I can't do it on my own. But I know who to go to. Sarah now owns her own business. She has a close relationship with her children and her ex-husband. For Sarah Holland, the mental health care system worked. But this recovery wasn't quick. It took more than 20 years, and it's not over. She continues to see a therapist. She remains vigilant about relapses into depression. And she imagines what it might have been like if the story had gone differently. What if she'd recognized the signs of trauma and depression earlier? Because in this alternative story, everyone knows these signs, and everyone knows who to call for help, and no one's afraid of talking about it. Um, I felt... Like I wasn't worthy, um, that I wasn't achieving what I should be. Um, And by the time I finally uh, addressed the problem, I was at the way bottom of the barrel. I didn't belong in in an accepted place in society. And uh, I cry because so many people can't don't have to get to there, you know? If they had regular mental health services available to them every day as a matter of course, then they wouldn't get to this desperation, this, this um, I don't know what else to do. I have to leave my kids. I have to, you know. Um, you know, if I had a, a ride to my mental health services in 19, 
whenever. And I had some support, then maybe I could have stayed with my family. Maybe. Those kinds of services need to be considered valuable by society, by the legislature, because it's not few and far between. This is a lot of people dealing with this and um, not saying anything because it will disrupt their family and their work and their... I'll just get through another week, another month, and uh, but then it could become tragic. That was Sarah Holland. Music for this series is by the bands Godspeed, You, Black Emperor, and Esmerine. If you have a comment or a story of your own, I would love to hear from you. You can make a comment on my website, rumblestripvermont.com, at the bottom of the show page, or you can go to vpr.net and follow the link to the series, They Are Us. I'll be back in a couple days with part two of this series. I'm Erica Heilman. Thanks a lot for listening.